Welcome to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM, for the love of ham radio. In the May-June issue of On The Air, you'll find an article titled, A Ground-Level Look at Grounding. Much of the information in this article was borrowed from the ARRL book, Grounding and Bonding for the Radio Amateur, by Ward Silver, N0AX. Ward is the author of several ARRL books and many QST magazine articles, and he's the editor of the ARRL Handbook and the ARRL Antenna Book. When it comes to grounding, it's safe to say Ward is one of the most recognized experts on the topic in the amateur radio community. It's an important topic, too, which is why we address it in the May-June issue of On the Air. Let's find out more from the man himself. Good morning, Ward. Good morning, Steve and listeners. Hey, I've talked with them already about your fabulous grounding and bonding book and, of course, the same discussion that's in the May-June issue of On the Air. But I think it might be helpful, Ward, if you could just define what those terms mean, grounding and bonding. Okay. Well, grounding, um, strangely enough, often means a connection to the ground. Um and the idea is for safety, you would like to connect equipment to the ground. So if there's a short circuit or some kind of fault, uh, the current will go to the earth instead of through you. The assumption is that your AC power service to your house or domicile or building or whatever is also connected to the earth. So that's uh, the basic idea for a safety ground. If you are interested in lightning, what you want to do is give Mr. Lightning a path to the earth because that's where lightning wants to go. So give it a a nice heavy-duty path to all that lightning electricity to get to the earth. And finally, um, if you're talking about managing RF signals in your station, you would also like to tie everything together, and that's where grounding really just means a local reference, electrical reference. So you're just trying to tie everything together and and keep it more or less at the same voltage. Then for bonding, all that means is a solid connection between two points to keep them at the same voltage. It's no fancier than that. It all sounds very expensive and specialized, but that's all it is, is just trying to connect everything together to keep it at the same voltage. When it comes to grounding, what's so special about the Earth? Well, the Earth is a uh, reference for a lot of power systems and for lightning. So you would like to connect to that reference in order to keep your power, your AC power system stable. If you go out and you look at your power poles, you'll find that most of them have a 
big heavy wire coming down the pole and it goes to a ground rod or it's wrapped around the bottom of the pole where it gets stuck into the ground. And there are thousands and thousands of these connections. And the point is just to give everybody a solid voltage reference so that if there's a problem with the power system, your power voltage stays manageable. And uh, say somebody runs into the power pole down the street. And um, for lightning, obviously, you want to give this big, heavy current pulse a way to get to the earth so that it can dissipate the charge in the earth. How are most homes grounded in that fashion? Okay. If you take the circuit breaker box and you take the front panel off and you look at the wiring inside, um, you'll see that what you get from the power pole, power transformer outside for most standalone homes is two phases of AC voltage and a thing called neutral. And so that neutral comes into your box and it's connected to all the white wires in your branch circuits. And then there's another set of wires that are usually bare. Sometimes they're green and that's the ground reference. And those are all tied to a separate point in the box. And those, the neutral and the ground are tied together. And then that goes to a big heavy wire outside the building to one or two ground rods. And so that is how your AC power system is grounded. Then if you go look at the sockets in your station, the power sockets and you uh, take the uh, enclosure cover off, you will see a bare wire or a green wire connected to that third pin of your AC socket. That green wire or equipment ground, AC safety ground, there's all different names for it. Your AC safety ground is tied back to those reference points in your circuit breaker box. The neutral and the ground are connected together there. And the point of that is if there's a short circuit, um, that ground wire is heavy enough that it will conduct the short circuit current back to the box and trip the breaker or blow the fuse so that it removes power from the circuit with the fault. And that's its whole function. It doesn't have anything to do with lightning or RF management or anything else. It's strictly a safety thing. And that's how you're station power is grounded and your your home power. So somebody has a station in their home ward, do they have to have it grounded? Or I should say, do they have to go through any extra or extraordinary measures to ground that station? And if so, why? Okay, well, you need a safety ground um, just in case there's a short circuit. Um, and all exposed metal needs to be connected to that ground. Uh, that can be through a power strip. It can be through a separate connection to the center screw of your AC socket, whatever. Yes, you have to have that ground connection for safety. Um, then for lightning protection, if you're concerned about that, you definitely need to make provisions for tying all your equipment together. So if there's a lightning strike somewhere and it doesn't have to even hit you directly, it can just be next door and you don't even have to have antennas up. Um, it can induce a, um, use its magnetic field to induce a big voltage pulse in your house. 
you want that ground to connect to some kind of outside ground reference, whether it's a ground rod or a big fancier system, you want that energy to have a safe path to get to the earth. And those are the two primary reasons why you want to have a ground connection in your station. Now, even if you just have a handheld radio, um, you know, very small uh, station, you would definitely want the AC safety ground connection. And that's taken care of by the third wire of your AC power supplies. Um, if you're using uh, two conductor AC line cords, like for a wall wart or some kind of uh, like a laptop power supply where it just has the two wires, um, those are insulated and they don't need the ground connection. But if you have radio equipment and you have a small antenna, you should have a ground connection through your AC safety. So that would, in many cases, be accommodated by your AC power supply. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's that's the idea. Um, if you have a three-wire connection, um, three-wire power cord that you plug in, then that power supply's enclosure is going to be connected to AC safety ground. And then if you tie your equipment together, your equipment enclosures together, that's also tied to the AC safety ground, whether you have an outside ground rod or not. Now, you bring up a topic there, or you hint at it, and that is, what about somebody who lives in an apartment, and they're up on the third, fourth floor, or somebody who lives in a house, and they're on the second floor, they still want to improve their ground. What do they do? What do they do? Well, I'm sitting in a second floor uh, ground uh, less sort of station right now. Um, I wouldn't say ground less. I definitely have the AC safety ground connection through the um, the outlets and my branch circuits to go back to the circuit breaker box. Everybody should have that, whether they live in an apartment, second floor, basement, whatever. But you're so far from the ground when you're above the earth by more than uh, 8 to 10 feet that the connection gets really long. And for reasons that are beyond the scope of this discussion, a really long connection is not very effective um, at high frequencies. So what you do there is you tie everything together so that it goes up and down together if there's any kind of a problem. And then um, and that's about the best you can do. The, the book goes into some detail about what to do if you have a second floor station. Sort of like a rising tide lifts all boats in an electrical sense. Exactly. It's like a floating dock. Um, if you go out, if you're in a, in a boat or something and you tie up to a dock, most docks will uh, float up and down. And they do that so that when a big wave comes along, everything goes up and down together and doesn't try to break ropes and tear the dock loose and all that kind of stuff. The important thing is to bond it all together using wires or strap, and it all goes up and down together. This brings to mind for me aircraft in the sense that somebody is likely to ask, well, aircraft have radios, airliners have radios. They're not grounded, mm -hmm. obviously. What's going on there? Yes, I've never seen one dragging a chain. That's true. <laughs> uh, um, the the point in an aircraft, and that's a very good uh, analogy, I say that in the book, that think like you're an airplane when you have an upper floor station. 
you tie everything together so that there are no destructive voltage differences created when there's a lightning strike nearby or direct, whatever, um, so that everything goes up and down together. That keeps the voltage the same. If there's no voltage between the pieces of equipment, then there's no current. And um, you remove the destructive voltages by tying everything together. And that's the same thing they do in an airplane. Beyond the safety factor, are there advantages to grounding in just your normal amateur radio operating? A lot of advantages to paying attention to good bonding primarily um, by bonding everything together in the station so that um, it's all approximately at the same voltage. You minimize the current that would otherwise flow between pieces of equipment. And that can cause, in audio circuits, it can cause hum and buzz. Um, in RF circuits, you wind up with RF interference caused by this current that flows on various cables. So basically, you're sorting all that out by doing bonding. Uh, so you get benefits for reducing RF interference by doing this bonding. And then, of course, with the grounding, you have a safety factor and, and you are also protecting yourself against lightning. But the primary reason for, uh, primary benefit for bonding everything together in your station is to prevent voltage differences between pieces of equipment from causing current flow that causes RF interference and, and distortion on audio, that kind of thing. An awful lot of hams have computers in their stations. Is there any advantage to bonding that computer, say the cabinet of a desktop computer, to the radio's ground? If you use your computer to control or interact with your radio, say that you've got um, your computer um, interface hooked up through, say, USB or serial port, or maybe you have audio connected to your computer so you can use one of the digital modes, then you definitely want to have the computer uh, chassis or enclosure connected to this station ground system. Um, because if there is a destructive voltage difference created in the station, then it, the current can flow between the station equipment and the computer and it can damage a computer interface. I've lost uh, USB interfaces that way, both in a radio and in the computer, caused by um, a nearby lightning strike. And these are very low power. They're somewhat fragile interfaces. And so you don't want to expose your computer to that. All you have to do is find on a desktop, find a screw that's connected to the computer chassis or enclosure and use a heavy wire like a number 14 or something to connect that to your station ground system. If you're using a laptop, they're not really designed to be grounded. Most of the time they don't have to be grounded, but um, you can find a laptop chassis enclosure type ground usually on a video type of connector, um, HDMI shells, um, the little VGA uh, connectors that have the uh, little screws on their connector to hold them steady, those are grounds as well. They're more difficult, but you can do that. Imagine, Ward, a station where um, 
the operator has, uh, let's say, a small HF transceiver. There's an antenna tuner connected to it. And once again, they've got the uh, PC, the desktop PC. How would you recommend bonding and grounding all of those together? Okay, the easiest thing to do, and, and that's the perfect time to set up your grounding for your station when it's small, before you get, you know, three radios and eight gadgets and two computers and all this kind of stuff. Um, what I recommend that people do is go get a piece of flashing or some kind of sheet metal and put it under the equipment. Just lay it on the desktop, put it under the equipment. Then at the back of that piece of metal, put some kind of a uh, connection you can use. It's called a bus bar, B-U-S. You can use a piece of pipe. You can use a piece of angle aluminum, whatever, and screw that onto the piece of metal. Then put some holes in that, and you can use crimp terminals or sheet metal screws or ground clamps to connect all of the enclosures of your equipment to this bonding bus, bus bar thing that's in the back of your station. And then from that bus bar, run a heavy wire to the AC safety ground on your outlets. And if you have an external ground system, also run your safety ground wire to the external ground system from that point. So lay down this ground surface underneath your equipment, connect all of the equipment to it using the bonding bus, and then use heavy wire to connect to your safety ground and your lightning ground. Sounds expensive, but it's not. You may have all this stuff um, in your, quote, junk box, unquote, already. It sounds like it would be a good investment. It does. It, it's it's the kind of thing that simply prevents problems from occurring that eat up your time, cause trouble, uh, frustrate you, that kind of stuff. You don't notice that they're not there. But um, doing this, paying attention to grounding and bonding at the beginning as you start building up your equipment in your station pays small benefits over time. It's a, it's a good idea. And field days coming up here, you ask, what do I do if it's portable? Do I have to do all this stuff for a portable station? I've even used aluminum foil. Uh, just take a sheet of aluminum foil and lay it down under the equipment and use uh, clip leads to connect from your equipment to the, the aluminum foil. And that'll take care of bonding for the weekend. When it's done, you wad it up through it in a recycling bin, and you're done. Now, we're recording this in May, but my understanding is that sometime this summer, there's going to be a new edition of your grounding and bonding book that will be coming out. Uh, how does the uh, second edition of the book differ from the first? It's heavier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what we did is we went through the, uh, the first edition and... As the first edition's been out there for a couple of years, people had a lot of questions. Uh, many of the questions had to do with second floor stations, mobile stations, portable stations. What do I do if, if, if? And so I've incorporated the answers and recommendations for those questions in the book. And I've had additional rounds of review with some really great reviewers who have all been very, very helpful. They're the real experts and have contributed a lot. There's a lot more on second floor stations, a lot more on mobile 
the portable stuff and uh, the use of ferrite chokes, which is always a question when you're starting to build up a station and explained a lot more of the terms. So the drawings are better. The discussions have a little more detail in them. It's still a basic. It's not something that gets into heavy-duty theory. There's very few equations, if any, and uh, the goal is to help the beginner and the, uh, the somewhat experienced ham do grounding and bonding properly in the station. As they say on television, look for it at your favorite dealer, Amazon.com or the ARRL bookstore, of course. Yep, it's got a nice new cover, too. Well, thank you, Ward. This is excellent advice, and I think everyone will enjoy it. Well, it's good stuff. It's something that people have a lot of questions about, and the material was spread spread out in many different references, so it's good to have it all together. And I will also caution the listeners that when you're messing around with your AC power wiring, um, get a reference text. There's some very good ones out there that don't cost money. And if you don't know what you're doing, um, have a professional help you. It's, it's too important and it's not safe to do things if you don't know what you're doing. It's an easy thing to get checked. So do it right the first time. Absolutely. Thank you, Ward. 73s. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the May-June 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month with more items to discuss from this issue. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org forward slash ota hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY, 73.